What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Today, we have an absolute treat for you. This episode was absolute fire. And we covered so many different things in this episode that you may want to listen to it in two parts. Or at the very least, take notes because we talk about a lot. We have not only a world champion, but an Olympic gold medalist joining us today. We have Jamie Soleil joining us. She is a former Olympic gold medalist, motivational speaker, life coach, and is on a path to speak truth around the world in hopes to create a better life for all of us while helping herself create peace in herself and the people around her and her family. She's an amazing human being. And I really, truly enjoyed this conversation. I went back and listened to it again because I wanted to make sure that I had some notes about what we talked about. And I was just like, wow, man, we covered a lot. It was so good. So a little bit of insight into what we did cover. We talk about the first little bit is going to be sort of talking about the pandemic and COVID and all that. So just bear with us. I know you guys are tired of it, but I think it's important for us to dive into this stuff because it's obviously... It was the major narrative for the last three years. So we talk about Jamie's story, like how and why all this happened, like what what woke her up to this stuff during this time. Her partnering up with Theo Fleury and Canadians for Truth and their event called Fire and Ice as well. Her spiritual and healing journey as well and talking about different things that she's done and how she's developed a deeper spiritual connection to God through all this. We talked about the work that she's done with cord cutting, hypnotherapy, breath work, Tai Chi. We talked about the importance of compassion. And even though she had so many people turn their back on her, she still, even in this conversation you'll hear, she still defends people and has compassion for them. Even after a friend of 15 years turn her back on her for not getting the the jab, which is just crazy to me. But what I really love towards the end of this conversation is we dive in to the power of what it takes to be an Olympic champion. You know, I knew about her story and I knew about what was going on now, but I really wanted to hone in onto her excellence and the beauty that she has and the way she was able to visualize in her mind with determination and consistent effort to eventually manifest a gold medal. We talk about this exact thing. She says the steps that she took from visualization to Olympic gold champion, and she shares them all with you guys today. So you don't want to miss this. This is powerful. Like I said, there's layers to this conversation and you'll see that you know, a lot of times the people that look like the bad guy are actually the good guy or good good gal in this case. You know what I'm saying? So I really want everybody to have an open mind and open heart and listen to the people that are going out and taking arrows for our freedoms and our truth because it's really important. And if they didn't do it, who would? So that's why I wanted to have her on the show. I think she's great. I was really impressed by her before I met her. And I was like, and then, you know, during all this time, I was like, you know what? I'd love to get her on the show. And here we go. And she's also partners with Theo Fleury 
in or you know doing these events and stuff and and Canadians for Truth. Theo's featured in the book. We talk about him in this episode too. Like he had such a powerful inspiration in me in this whole podcast and the story. And you guys know he's been on the show in the past. And uh, yeah, I just I love it. So really powerful episode. And I just want to remind you guys that this show is brought to you by my book, Mastering Adversity, Unlock the Warrior Within, and Turn Your Biggest Struggles into Your Greatest Gifts. This book is a fantastic tool for anybody, any of you going through adversity right now in your life. If you've been through adversity or you're going through adversity, or let's be honest, you will be again, this is a perfect book to help you navigate that create more self-awareness and an actual step-by-step formula on how to move through adversity, what is happening and how to alchemize that into your own personal power. All right. I'm excited for this. You guys enjoy the episode with Jamie Soleil. Jamie, welcome to University of Adversity. It's so good to finally meet you. (laughs) Likewise. Yes, I've been following you and we've been connected now for a while. So here we are. Let's do this. Yes. And I just want to tell you, um, it's always a pleasure to meet somebody that is courageous and brave enough to stand up and speak out. I, I applaud you. So good job. Well, thank you. And I have to say the same to you, you know, being an Olympic gold medalist and, you know, standing up during a time with so much uncertainty and putting, you know, your name on the line for the sake of helping the freedom and the kids and, and, and just mm-hmm. truth in general, you know, that, that is so courageous and there's very few that are willing to do that. Like you have. Yeah, I know. We wish, we wish there were more. Uh, unfortunately, I think with athletes, you've got, Former athletes, like everybody else, either have things to lose, like their careers, their their businesses, whatnot, and it's very, very, very scary for them. Uh, or you've got the current athletes who are being silenced, right? And we know that there's a lot of athletes that even have um, have had side effects from the vaccines or the shots, and they're being silenced. I know in the NHL, they've been given gag orders, literally, like they can't even talk about it don't you dare mention what you've gone through. So it's really disgusting what we're witnessing. And I feel really bad for people because you and I both know when you start to speak out, you're going to get completely annihilated. Like in the beginning, you're going to get people, especially for me, because I wasn't that person or that athlete. I never spoke out about anything ever. Uh, I've never been into politics. I've never given my opinion in interviews. I've never spoken out at, at at anything. Like I never went to rallies. I wasn't really a part of any kind of movement or um, I don't even know uh, things that have gone in the past necessarily to think quickly right now, but I haven't spoken out. So for me to speak out against this narrative that we've been uh, presented over the last three years was so shocking to the public, but also to the media. So they had a heyday with me. But even just being, um, you know, some of my friends or my family members that maybe wanted to say something, you know, it's they noticed if they did start saying something, they got um, ousted. You know, you get kicked out of a group, or you, your family doesn't want you around because you're now a conspiracy theorist. You're you're crazy. Like that was what I was told. 
you know, my family's like, oh, it's so scary, Jamie, you're down this dark path with a bad ending. And I'm looking at them going, it's actually the opposite. You know, we try to warn them. But but then once you start, once you continue, because we know we're on the right track, we know we're on the right side of history here, then everybody starts to kind of quiet down. And then you start seeing others supporting you because people need to see others speaking out. Nobody wanted to be the first one to speak out. I know I didn't. Right. I needed to see Theo Fleury, you know, who I work with uh, at Canadians for Truth. I needed to see that he was speaking out, too. So it always takes somebody that you're, you know, you look up to or that you you follow or whatever that is saying something for you to feel that courage or to get the bravery to speak out. It's not easy. Oh, yeah. And you made a great point, too. And I just want to comment on Theo for a minute, you know. A lot of the reason why this show exists was because when I started the show, his story impacted me so much that Mm -hmm. like when I was building University of Adversity, I was like, that guy's story is why this show has to exist. And he gave a lot of people permission, athletes to be vulnerable. He's the first guy who stood up and and spoke out that I can remember as a hockey player right yep. I was and and it was hard so he really he really gave people permission to to be able to speak their truth and you know I talked mm-hmm. about him in my book too from when he was on the show I interviewed him and I love that that was the person that kind of resonated with you too because he gets thrown on he, people people say a lot of bad shit about him too mm-hmm. but the guy the guy has been all about truth and just standing up for what's right for so long. And when I saw Mm -hmm. the two of you were working together, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, (laughs) because it's pretty cool, you know, two real champions Mm -hmm. that went through and, and, you know, really were like a very small fraction of people can win gold medals or championships. And it's like, to just see the commitment that it takes to not only do that, but then for you to step into this other role of like speaking the truth, it's like, it's, it's really, it's, it's really um, admirable. So yeah, I just well, want to interject that about that, about Theo and, yes, and the whole thing. So it's amazing. It was, you know, people can say what they want about Theo. He, he obviously has a very difficult <laughs> kind of, ugly past right with all of the abuse that he had gone through but also his addictions and mental illness and so what i love about theo is just how real he is and like you said putting himself out there he risked everything back when he was speaking about all of that stuff and so now what he's done is he's done a ton of healing which is what we all need to do and he is helping people so what everybody's holding on to is the old Theo, right? That maybe hurt them or was a, a bit of a shit disturber when he was playing. And I mean, I, I say that lightly. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> he was a big shit disturber. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, like he has, we all have a past. But what he's done is he's taken his trauma and he's healed it. And now he wants to help others. Yeah. And so I saw that because I, you know, I have a bit of a past with him, too. I, I did Battle the Blades with him and he was, you know, he'd already written his first book, but he he hadn't done the healing that he has done up until 2021, 22, when I reached out to him. I can't remember exactly when I reached out. I think it was right after the convoy. So 21, 
Oh, 22. What year are we in? Holy I don't Lord. even know what this time. Oh my exists? gosh. Timelines. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah. Cause we started Canadians for truth started almost a year ago and it was months and months prior to that, that we connected. And I, I, a friend of mine that helped wake me up actually said to me, Theo speaking out, you should reach out to him. Cause I hadn't talked to Theo for a while uh, after battle of the blades. It had been a long time and he had actually, um, I get super emotional talking about this because I have a brother also that was um, had an addiction issue. And so after um, Battle of the Blades, I asked Theo if he would help me with my brother. So he actually went and picked my brother up in Red Deer, where he was living, and took him to rehab. And that changed my brother's life, right? And it changed our family's life trajectory as well. So it was that was really incredible to have him do that for us mm. and for a brother. And yeah, so he's always had this, you know, this soft spot in my heart. I have a soft spot in my heart for him. And then when I saw he was speaking out, I went, oh my gosh, because he's such a powerhouse. And you yeah. know, on Twitter, I mean, he's got, I don't even know now because I've been hacked, so I can't go on Twitter anymore. <laughs> he's got like over 260,000 followers. I mean, that is not because he's crazy and he's a bad guy. It's because he's speaking truth and doing good for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. He takes a lot of arrows as do you, right? A lot of people like. It's, it's just noise. It's background noise. Yeah. Right? We call them the peanut gallery. Like you can't pay it. You can't energize these people. I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, exactly. I mean, even Joe Rogan says, I don't even read the comments. He's like, I stopped years ago. Um, yeah. 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 It's, but anybody that's willing to just speak the truth of whether, whatever it is, it's not even about, you know, you know, this craziness that's gone on, but just like the truth. So many people are just afraid of that <laughs> for whatever it is. It's like well, people are living in this illusion in this like people pleasing illusion that is scared yes. to upset somebody because yes. they say something that doesn't go with I don't You know what? I saw something the other day and it's like why are we being careful like why are the 95% of us being careful to say the truth when it really only offends like 1 to 3%? Like come on guys, it's yeah. such a small amount of it's a small percentage of people that are offended and they're loud. Don't get me wrong, but it's small yeah. because there's a lot of people out there that see all this transgender stuff and this pedophilia and this whole dark jab agenda. They see it and how wrong it was, but a lot of we, we've been programmed and conditioned to go along with it, to get along. Right. And so they're sitting now going, well, this isn't what they told us and this didn't happen. And, and now they're just like, they just, I just feel like a lot of people just want to live their life. They just want to move on. Right. And yeah. yet we're, we're so not even out of this. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a very, very bizarre time to, um, you know, to ask, I ask everybody that I interview, I say, hey, what, what's the solution here? And they said, we have to rise up and we have to find communities, continue yeah. to keep finding communities because that one to 3% that are loud are going to get, you know, squished out because I'm sorry, but we're the majority. We're not a minority. Mm -hmm. And this whole agenda doesn't, it didn't just, it's not just about COVID. No. <laughs> COVID. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. The plan, the pandemic. It's there's yeah. so many more onion layers to this that are being presented to us right now, and it's like I can't even stand it, Lance. I can't. I can't take it anymore. Like people send me stuff daily. I'm like, Ugh, my head oh, no. spins, and I'm just like, enough. Press the freaking button already. <laughs> I know. Yes. So okay, I want to go back in the timeline here to like when you started to question shit because for me before covid i had always questioned the food system you know i've been Mm. following dr mercola before he was called the biggest conspiracy theorist of all time right i was following him in 2009 (laughs) i you know i've been buying his products for years and and when i started to follow him i started to realize about the food labels i used to look Mm -hmm. and be like oh wait Mm -hmm. a second and and that and then i started to watch these documentaries about you know monsanto and all this kind of stuff and and it just never made sense to me the whole food system so for me that's when the first time that i started to question what was going on and that's why for me when all this happened it was like oh this too oh 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 all of it's coming together so my question for you is like We'll start at when did the you first start to think that things in general aren't really making sense? And then what about, let's say, the the, the time when this whole thing started in 2020? So walk yeah. us through that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So like everybody else, I was doing what I was told. You know, we stayed home. We didn't didn't hang out with very many people, wore my mask everywhere. Ugh. Like I look back now and I go, what the heck? Were you were you like in the beginning though? Were you like, oh, okay, well, whatever? Like, were, or were you like, this doesn't make sense? Like, what was? No, that? I wasn't getting it yet. No, <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, because I I genuinely thought then that's when I was looking at old stats and things, and it's every hundred years there was a yeah. pandemic, and I'm like, well, that's really weird. Why every hundred years? Like, what is this? Like a global cleansing? Like. What is going on here? So I, and my husband at the time was a big CNN watcher. So, you know, it was constantly on and he was being fed all the lies and he was telling me all these things and I was going, oh my gosh, like this is bananas. So, you know, once we hit the summer and we were open again and we could pretty much live fairly freely that way. And then when the fall came and it was now mask up again for school, I go, hmm, yeah, no. I don't, I don't really agree with this. And it really bothered me. But so we chose for my daughter to stay home. And I think even my son did too, the beginning, and then he went back. But it was just problem after problem after problem, like we were already seeing with the kids, like just my son, especially was really, really not happy, like crying all the time. Mom, I don't want to be here. Like these children are so evolved, like they don't consciously know, but they subconsciously know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this wasn't right. There's something not fucking right. Yeah. I hope I can swear on this. Oh, yeah, please do. It wouldn't, okay. be, it wouldn't be normal if we didn't. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, but yet as adults, we're like, well, this is what we've got to do. But it, that's when it started to get me when I was seeing the repercussions of what it was doing to my kids. And then it was January of 2021 when I spoke with a girlfriend in Guelph who helped wake me up and she helped, I mean, by sending me more things. So what happened was I, I was on a call with her and I was probably expressing some things to her, like kind of bothering me this. And I was telling her about my son and I was telling her about other things. But then I went on Google to see Sweden was because they didn't, you know, on the me- mainstream media, they were saying that Sweden didn't follow all these 
lockdowns and they weren't doing what we were doing. So Google was showing how bad they were. Like the, the deaths were terrible and it was all spiking. And But she's like, so my graph doesn't say that. And I went, where'd you get your graph? She's like, well, not on Google. So she went and showed me like Rumble and BitChute and all these other sites, right? And I'm like, what is going on? So then I told her to send me more things. And it was, I was, it was like a fire hose coming in at me, like information every day. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little, I was drowning, but I was so thirsty for it too, because it was like something got lit up inside of me to go, you know, when you, cause you, like you, I was very into nutrition and I didn't follow specific things per se, but I was always very conscientious of what I was putting in my body as far as food goes. And I was starting to, you know, read labels as well. And I was, I've watched my family and um, people around me in this community get sicker being on medications instead of actually doing the right thing, right? Like exercising, changing your diet, whatever, but it's all about the quick fix. So I've, I've watched how big pharma has made all of us sicker, right? Here's your pills. Yeah. And so there's already things percolating in my head that were not like I was already aware of, right? Like you. Yeah. So then when this was all presented to me, it was like green light. All right. <laughs> Game over. Right. And man, Lance, it made me sick. Like yeah. physically ill. I remember being like, I had aches and pains some days. I, I, I never actually threw up, but I felt nauseous often. I was not able to sleep very well. I cried a lot. I was sharing, sharing, sharing like a mad woman with all my friends and family, trying to get them to see what we're not being told on mainstream media. Oh. In the beginning, it was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, my friends were like, oh, okay. And, and then it got quieter and quieter and to the point where it's like, yeah, don't share that. Uh, you know, we're good. And my ex now uh, didn't want to hear it. He basically said, everything you're sharing with me is conspiracy and it's uh, QAnon and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually, um, go on the WEF's website. <laughs> it actually says what the agenda is. They're not even hiding it. But I was called all kinds of names. Now I'm going to rallies because I need to find a community. I didn't know what to do. I was so upset and my world was completely, your belief system gets so rattled, right? Mm -hmm. Which I believe is what like has a physiological reaction. That's why we experience that because you're like, ah, what just, what's going on? We've been lied to about everything. So then I find this community, but because I'm getting the support from elsewhere besides my friends and my family now i'm called a white supremacist i go where did this come from I, I had to like look up some of the what these names even meant yeah like i didn't even know like i mean obviously racist but i've been called you know we, we we've heard racist before but i was like white supremacist like what is that what's the actual <laughs> definition yeah. of this and and then a bigot and then this and the anti-semitic and i'm like what is going on right now so oh. Yeah, it was really, that's when I started seeing that I was alone in this, in my immediate connections, like family and friends. And I literally got told by my best friend group that they can't be around me because I chose not to get the jab. Uh, my ex, my husband at the time wanted nothing to do with this path that I was on. And he was incredibly disturbed and, you know, enjoyed making phone calls to my family to tell them that I'm down a dark path. And then they all worried about me and... I got letters sent to me saying that, you know, 
yeah, just all kinds of things. It was, it was horrifying. Wow. And I, I was just sitting here some nights going, what is happening? How are, how are we seeing this? But everyone around me in my life that I love can't see this, but everyone was just like, Oh, let's just get these vaccines so we can move on already. Everyone was just done. Right. So yeah. this desperation and they knew people would feel this way, but you know, when I'm starting to see what's like, what's in these shots and, and that, that was just the beginning of it. Like when they were starting to explain what this was all about, I go, well, this is like Bill Gates didn't hide that either. Right. So you're listening to his Ted talk talking about depopulation and how we're going to do it through vaccines. Hello. <laughs> but that's a conspiracy lens. Everything's, right? out, everything's out there. Everything. Out. Yes. Yeah. So I lost my best friend group. I, uh, I wouldn't say I lost family per se, but it just, everyone was uncomfortable. I think with the, what I was believing and then my son went to school my son went to school and he was with me in the beginning but then when he went to school and he saw that everyone in his golf program had uh followed the narrative and to be able to golf and i'm so sorry that's okay i gotta do here um he felt left out he felt oh my gosh now they're gonna start howling <laughs> Okay. He felt left out. And so I, I'll never forget the day, the first time he called me and he was crying and he's like, mom, I'm going to get the shot. And he's the kid that was sending me things on Instagram about it and how it was killing people. So I was, I was kind of expecting him to at one point challenge it, but I wasn't expecting him to give in like this anyway. So I cried and I cried. I said, please, son, please don't do this. So I got through one time, but the second time he was just like, um, Mom, I'm getting it. And then he went and spoke to two Euler doctors and they told him it was safe and effective. And I'm going, um, these doctors need to be like, I don't yeah. charged and arrested. This is disgusting, safe and effective. I'm like, we are watching people die every day and have major, horrible, adverse reactions. And they, they don't even. So when my son even asked about the, re, uh, the adverse reactions, it's like, yeah, it's really rare. Pardon me. But then the unfair part for me, and I, I, I think some of your listeners will resonate with this, was that, you know, as a divorced, um, uh, it, our family's not like Jesse's mom or Jesse's dad and I aren't together. When you're divorced, you're supposed to work together on your children's health uh, concerns and issues, school and religion. And I didn't even have a say. So that was the most heart wrenching thing for me was the fact that it was just like, him and his dad, because his dad took it as well to get into the arena. Jamie, we can't go to a hockey game. We can't go into a restaurant. He can't go on an airplane. He can't this, he can't that. And I said, is this not a red flag? Like take it or else. But for them, I think they just thought, well, it's just so bad that we all have to take it to live in society, Jamie, like get on board or you're, you're at. Oh, so then I went through this horrible, dark, I, I did go through a lot of darkness and I was incredibly, I was upside down. Like just, I, I didn't even know who I was, which was a blessing because that's when I dove into healing. Mm -hmm. And as an athlete, when I struggled with anything, I always, I was always out looking for help when I was struggling with where I was at. And so that's kind of what, what kicked in for me. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I need, I need help badly. And I had a daughter who was eight at the time and watching me cry pretty much every day for about two months and, and feeling ill. And I didn't have the energy. Like I was just not myself. And so that's when I started um, 
I was very guided as well uh, to get that support. And I, I, I worked with so many different healers. Like I, I actually forget half the time when I'm talking about it, but um, you know, you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to work with people. There's lots of, um, there's lots of tools out there for people, but I'm grateful that I have access to the healers that I do. And so everybody contributed in, in a different way. It was really such a blessing for me because, you know, they say when we heal our trauma, we heal every generation, not just the future, which are our children, but we heal even the past. So that was really, really good for me. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's what I needed to go through to get to that place to speak out. Cause that's what came next was the convoy. And so that perked me up. I was so excited about what I was watching. And Theo and I explained this as Olympic athletes or Olympic champions and world champions and Stanley Cup champion. You know, we've been through a lot of, we've seen and experienced a lot of patriotism, but this was probably the most patriotic event that we've ever witnessed. Like that's how much it impacted us. It was a worldly so, event too. Exactly. The world. Exactly. So that's when I just felt like, Wow. Like it just, it elevated me again on top of all the healing that I was doing. And then I reached out to Theo and I just said, are you awake? Cause I, I was told he was, and I was seeing some of his posts and he goes, I sure am. And so we connected and then it was, yeah, Hey, let's, you know, and, and initially it was, he was working with Joseph Borgo, who is the creator of, of Canadians for truth, who founded Canadians for truth. And with his, um, uh, Joe was running in the, uh, in the conservative party and was kicked out because, you know, you can't speak truth. So they found a way to get rid of Joe and Theo was supporting Joe at that time. But then what was presented to me was we would like to create a media outlet or like a media kind of, and I feels like, I see you and me being, you know, at a desk and almost doing like, you know, you know how you see the news, like the yin and the yang, <laughs> the male and the female. And he goes, yeah, and you and I can do our thing. And maybe you can come to Calgary. He's like throwing all this exciting things at me. And I went, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, give me something to do, right? So mm -hmm. we created Fire and Ice and through Canadians for Truth. And so we do one live event a month or maybe two. It depends on the guests or the requests that we get. The challenge is, Lance, is that my son is back in my life now, which is an amazing because it was a year that I lost him because sorry going back a little bit here yeah. I lost him for a year because he wanted to get this and he wanted to live his life and because his mom wasn't in support of that and I panicked I you know I, re I do regret a little bit of my reaction to what he was doing but I was so fucking scared like so scared I I, I was so scared because I know so many kids that have literally not woken up in the, in their sleep, like from sleeping right mm -hmm. after taking these jabs. And I already knew this, I was seeing it. So I was really, really scared. And then I told myself, you can't live in fear. But at that point now I'd already kind of lost him. And then of course he was influenced by his community that your mom's crazy. And mm -hmm. anyway, so I did get him back a year later. Um, so it's, uh, it's challenging for me now with traveling, as you can imagine, both dads don't necessarily agree with what I do. I know my daughter's dad really doesn't. Um, he's even told me that these events that we do are not appropriate for children. Yet we have we have had children come to them. I mean, we had Chris Barber, one of the lead truckers, was one of our first couple events. I think he was second. And he's vaccinated. He got the shot. 
and he went, you know, his whole interview was basically explaining to people that, you know, this trucker convoy experience was really to expose the mandate. Yeah. He goes, majority of us are vaccinated. This wasn't about we're anti-vaxxers, but that's how yeah. the media portrayed them. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, you can't tell me that my daughter can't sit and listen to somebody talk about that kind of stuff, because it's really important to have not only critical thinking, but to hear both sides of this, you know, yeah. it, but it's, we've been, we've been um, for the people that aren't wanting to hear, right. They don't have eyes to see and they don't have ears to hear. We're just a big cult. You know, that's one of the names we've been called or just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. And it's like, it's, it's dangerous. You know, we've had so many guests that I, we had a police officer, Brian Dennison, unreal cop that left the force because he didn't want to get the job. I mean, you're listening to a police officer talk about what he witnessed and what he went through. He's like, I, I'm a first responder. He's like, I, I went into the hospitals when they were saying everyone was dying everywhere and the hospitals were empty. Yeah. You know, but heaven forbid that my children hear this. It's just insanity. It's insane. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the gist of my, you know, my whole awakening. It was it was ugly. As it as it is, it becomes very ugly sometimes. But, and yeah. But it turned out amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much there. Um yeah, I feel like it's <laughs> it, it comes down at this point that it's not even about like because so many people have different situations with the jab, they had to get it or not. It's that's not even, it's like, you know, cause you know, most of, most of people I know and family, they all got it and that kind of thing. And, um, for me, it's, 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 it's about principle. It's about my, my issue is, yes, Lance, my, my, issue principle, is, my issue is, okay, here's here. Give me all the information. All I ask is that all the experts and doctors give their opinion mm-hmm. We hear all out and then we decide which is the best and which one makes the most sense, which mm-hmm. is the consensus of that. It's not about, um, well, we, I don't like this one. So we're just going to like shut them down. If it's, if it's about health, if it, if that is the goal, which I hope that's what the goal was, then wouldn't we really want to know what the best outcome would be like the best solution like Mm -hmm. sure some people will will say yeah i'm comfortable getting it great some people will say well actually you don't need to get it but that should be up to the human to decide by because we're all adults you know we're living this life we should be able to say okay i've heard all the information it's Mm -hmm. all been laid out for me here it is I can now, who do I trust the most out of these people? Who do I resonate with? That's the one I'm going to take. And that is, that didn't happen. That Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Right. As you know, people got censored and, and, and then it's all of a sudden we're in this echo chamber of, if you don't believe this guy or this lady, Mm -hmm. then you're all of a sudden a Trump supporter, a racist, a this, a that. And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I've just, like, I'm just like, I'm just talking about this issue. Like it doesn't make us. So it, it, it's, I know. And, and for me, it's just always been about, Hey, do whatever the fuck you want. 
Just yeah. don't push your value. Don't push on me. You want to be, you want to be, uh, if you're a man, you want to be a woman. Great. Yeah. I don't care. Don't, don't shove it down our throats. Just, just don't try and don't try and like yeah. gaslight me into telling me that what I learned yeah. in biology doesn't apply anymore. But when I'm told to trust the science, I only trust science <laughs> when it comes to science that aligns with what you're saying. But if we want to get into trust the science, well, then right. let's hear all the science when it comes to the V's. And then we can trust the science when it comes to our biology too. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open. Like I, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's the programming, it's the manipulation that when it, it, it doesn't allow people to, to actually take in information and figure it out for themselves mm-hmm. and then make the best decision. It's like, we're being steered one way. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. And neither do you. But it, that's been like decades though of yeah. this MK Ultra, this programming, yeah. right? On yeah. television. So it's yeah. not even everyone's fault. They've no. done this to us, or I guess with us. They say nobody does anything to you, but we didn't know. Yeah. You know, I'm we're just I hate the word lucky, but we're like the lucky ones that that saw it. And I didn't see it in the beginning. So I felt like even for me. I can resonate with the people that also woke up before the shots came out. Right. Like I am that, like, I remember being on a couple other podcasts in the beginning. I'm like, just let's get this clear. Like you, you were like everyone else. Cause some people immediately saw that this was bullshit immediately, or they were already awake to everything. And they said, Oh, here we go. Here's their agenda. Now they're playing out. I yeah. wasn't, I was asleep. I think Sarah Swain was the same way. She was, she was in it too for a while. She believed it also. Yeah. So, you know, and I, but again, I was influenced in my own home, right. By a CNN watcher and someone that works for Rogers Sportsnet, Right. And like, they're all being fed this information daily, daily. It was just like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting because I remember I remember in 2020, um, I thought it was, I could smell bullshit the second it happened. I, but I was just kind of like, oh, you know what? There was maybe a week or two where I was like, oh, okay. What, you know what I liked about it? I liked that people, um, there was something about the, I only liked it because I thought in the beginning for like the first two weeks where like people were like agreeing on something for a change. It was yeah. like everybody was kind of like, oh, okay, coming together. Well, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it, it like it, that didn't last. Mm-hmm. And and then I remember I think it was Kid Carson who sent me the first the first video that really this would have been like April or May of 2020. And I was like, oh, man, I went down so many rabbit holes. Right. And, and <laughs> like but, we all do. But it's like I I'm all about taking everything with a grain of salt, like it's like, okay, how does this feel to me? Like, I have to ask that mm-hmm. question, like, hold yeah. on a second. Like, how does, does this feel right? Like, aside from what anybody's telling me and, and I, I, like, I have to ask my intuition. I have to say like, is the, this doesn't feel right to me. So something, something's up here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it just kept, it kept getting weirder and weirder. And you're right. That summer it's like, Oh, we're back to normal. Oh, no, we're not. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What do you we're mean? like this, right? Oh, like, and there's more cases again, because now everybody's out in public and being together. And so now the cases are rising. We had a case demic. That's what we had. And the, ma- the mask thing. Fraudulent with a the- fraudulent PCR test. Oh. oh, my God. And the mask thing, like Fauci was like <clears throat> talking about 
was talking about. I know this is all old news, but I haven't talked about this. I know. So it's kind of like just nice to kind of go (laughs) over this. 10 years ago now. But like even even the fact that there is a viral expert, apparently, that's been saying masks are ineffective. So here's the way I say it to people. I go, this guy has been studying this stuff for like decades. At this point in time, he said they aren't effective. He laughed. Okay. So then what new information did he get? A month later to the, all of a sudden change that master like this guy's been like this guy's been studying this for 20 50 years or whatever i don't know how old the guy is and then all of a sudden but he literally said they don't work and then a month later he said they do it's mm-hmm. like whoa, 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 whoa hold on like i'm not yeah. the smartest guy in the world here but i think this is fucking yeah just and when you sense. and when you present this to people and show them the same like the videos of him saying it there's this massive cognitive dissonance or something people just went like huh, and they just don't want to hear it anymore and you're shut out and and yeah that's it it destroys their belief system that's why because like you said it's like people it's easier to ignore and go oh whatever we'll just get over just get over because they develop especially now these people have developed these characters these covid hero characters that's who they that's who they were that's where they found meaning in life was the 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 oh you should wear your mask you should do this you should do that it's like (laughs) they had purpose all of a sudden and now it's like you actually don't that doesn't you don't have like you've made yeah. this and it, it like destroys their whole like their their cool. whole way of thinking and like that the government doesn't actually give a shit about you and 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 that you know you have to you have to empower yourself to do the things for yourself first mm-hmm. right and and mm-hmm. nobody's coming to save you right i mean nope. and people that that trust that the grocery store has your best interest, that the government, that the bank, that hurts people to realize that that crumbling is like, well, what are we doing here? What, what are we been, what kind of lie have we been living our whole Mm -hmm. lives? You got to go back and go, I've been, this is all bullshit. Everything. (laughs) Tell me something that's real. Like I've even had some, I laughed yesterday with uh, my boyfriend. I was like, like, are my real? Are we real? (laughs) <laughs> what's happening like it's just been it's it's really been challenging even for us i go i can't even imagine what's coming for the, the sleepers like i can't even imagine how they're going to handle what's coming down the pipes here so, none of us truly yeah. know but it's going to get worse right what is what does it look like healing for you like what are some of the things you've done and let's just say you're in one of those like dark holes where you're like feeling mm-hmm. down and you're like, Oh, and, and like, let's say you need to get into that higher vibration state. What are some yeah. things that you would do or even that you used to do before, you know, yeah. skating? Like I'm sure a lot of that stuff kind of that mental toughness has come into this kind of life too. Now. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I had, I, I went through all that as an athlete, I think to be prepared, not even, I think I believe to be prepared for this time that we're going through. And so the first, um, the first thing I did was I had a, a friend that had me speak at her conference and she's a spiritual coach, but she's got some gifts. And so like, um, like I always thought she was a medium cause she could tap into, you know, Akashic record stuff and whatever. So Christian Christians don't really appreciate this kind of stuff, obviously. And I respect that, but I was very open to anything because I was, I wouldn't say desperate, 
but I was really, really wanting help. So I was very open to what people had to offer. And so I reached out to her and I took her program. It was about six or eight weeks. I think initially I just had a few sessions with her and then I went through her program. And that was where uh, I would say I found God. I always was very spiritual, very spiritual. Like before I competed, I would go into a bathroom stall in the locker room and I would pray, but I prayed to my grandpa who had passed away when I was 10 because he was a big skate. He was a big skating fan and he always videotaped me and as a little girl. And so I used to say, talk to him and say, grandpa, you know, it's, it's my big night tonight. And please, you know, uh, hold me up tonight. And um, like, I'd, I'd almost have a conversation with him. Right. And so that's what I used to do. So through this, this awakening and through the healing with her, uh, her whole program was, you know, it was centered around God's presence. And I was always afraid even through my, cause I became a life coach after I retired from skating and I had been certified by a group like called life mastery. And so Mary Morrissey is the, who, ha- who heads life mastery. And she, it was a minister, I believe. And so she, um, my whole program, all the programs that I I had were very God centered. And I remember taking the word God out and any scripture out because I didn't want to offend people. Right. We were always afraid to offend people with those, with that languaging. And even me, I was like, ah, you know, it's just a storybook and it's this. And I mean, we've been lied to about even that too. Oh yeah. So anyway, I took it all out and I wasn't living with God by my side, as they say, right? Like I wasn't walking with Jesus as Christians would say. So I really, uh, got awakened to this whole idea of like, it's okay to believe in God. It's okay to say the word God. And, and I don't judge others for whatever their God is or whatever they, who they pray to. This was just my experience. And I started to feel starting to feel whole again like I started to feel really good and I would go even to a church that is non-denominational just because I felt good being in there with some people I knew and I would sing like the 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 songs that they were singing I would just sob so I was healing like crying is healing right like we all get feel ashamed shameful you know crying especially for men it's like not men don't cry real men don't cry well yeah they do because why can't why shouldn't they heal too right Mm -hmm. so that was all really really good and i worked then i worked with like a shaman he came here to heal that was another great experience um and i was told some interesting things after i was done that you know i had some cords that i had to cut from my past and some very strong entities that were not wanting to let go of me which sounds really freaking no, bizarre we, to a we lot talk of people about, we talk about all that on here so you can say yeah that. okay great so but and i wasn't weirded out by it but i was like what does this mean like what is going on and so i had work to do so, you know, whether it's visualizing, which I had to visualize cutting these cords, because these cords were literally like, they seemed to be almost rubber, like they couldn't cut, I couldn't cut them. He went to my, uh, my heart chakra, and he's like, man, there's some, something really hard there that isn't letting go. So then I worked with a hypnotherapist, I worked with a cranial sacral therapist, and everyone's like, what is that? What is that? What is that? I worked with an osteopath, because everything to me is all connected, right? You've got the physical, you've got mental, and you've got emotional. So I was trying to heal all that those aspects of me, right? 
And what one thing kind of led me to the next, I guess. There wasn't really a rhyme or reason as to why I chose the, the people when I did or how I did. It just, everything kind of just kept going. And next thing I knew, I was feeling better. I, I got on some supplements. I was seeing a naturopath as well. So I was doing some detoxing, kind of get all this heavy metal shit out of us. And mm-hmm, because, you know, as you're, you know, we already were awakened, but we all know that the truth coming in now is still affecting us, right? It's still not easy to hear. So I needed, I, I needed support for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I've got them all. And then of course, you know, connecting with like-minded people was therapeutic for me too. And that was really important. So when people tell me in, in, when I'm interviewing them, that the important thing right now is to stand up, but find a community because you need the support man, there's nothing better. Like there's been, you know, in times we, you know, we've gone through difficult times in our life where we do need that love and support. But I feel like right now through this great awakening, it's more important than ever because I've never seen such mass um, divide. We've never seen this before, like at this level, right? I don't, I haven't. And the, you know, being ostracized the way we are and being labeled what we're being labeled. Like that is, that was heartbreaking for me to be called all these names and, you know, to be, for me even to be following something that really made you talk about what made you feel good and what's not making you feel good. When I saw the convoy, like I intuitively knew that these were good people. I I felt it. Yeah. Right. And to be called now, like I went yesterday on Instagram to look at one of my first posts on it. And there was just a couple in there that were like, shame on you. You know, you're a horrible person. I used to be a big fan of yours and shame on you kind of thing. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, like this saved my life. This saved my life. Like, cause I was, yes, I was healing, but I think like most of us were like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like I felt helpless. I felt like heavy still about what, how can I be the change? What, what can I do? So that leads into the next part of this was through my coaching. I always knew that we get answers when we get quiet. Right. And so I started meditating regularly mm-hmm. and I'm back to being bad at it, but I, I was meditating daily. And so just being quiet, whether it was through prayer or meditation, and that's where I was sitting one day and it wasn't even in a meditation session for myself. It was just, I was in my living room, I think scrolling maybe through Instagram or Twitter. And I, I got this download. It was go time. It's go time, Jamie. Yeah. And that was to speak out. And I, I knew what it meant. Like, it's crazy. Because, you know, some people, we get told, whether you see it as your higher self or it's God or whoever is speaking to you, you you hear this voice, right? And some people can't recognize what that is for them. Like, what does that mean? Well, for me sitting there that day, it was like, I got it. Yeah. Right? Like, message got, I got the message. All right, let's go. Have you had anybody come and apologize to you for Not one. Not yet not one it's it's coming though but you know there's there's definitely people that are silent that know that know you're right they just can't say anything because then they'll look wrong and they know that i think eventually you're gonna get a lot of apologies and you're gonna you're gonna be like wow you were right okay two things here to this so i don't believe in life that there is 
bad or good. I just believe that it just is, right? And so we energize things, bad or good. Like everything I've been through in my life that to the outside was bad, right? Like a divorce or coming second at the Olympics the first night. I all, I have the capability or the the will, I guess, to not immediately, like I'm human. I, I have moments of, you know, being angry or sad or whatever, but I have that ability to turn it around into, okay, what's the gift in this? And I've always been able to do that, even even through my healing process. I was like, there, there's a gift in this. And I kept telling myself that. I kept telling myself that. <laughs> it didn't show up for a while, but a long time, but that's okay. It showed up and it always does. But, but every day it was like, okay, what are you grateful for today? So if you're focusing on gratitude instead of lack, right? And so that, there you go, even raising your vibration, speaking like this, right? Yeah. So I, I don't shame anybody for, for even everyone was doing the best they could with what they knew with what they had. And so, yeah, yes, they didn't want to listen to us, but that they still were doing their best. Right. So I never shame anybody that followed it and did it and now is regretting it. So I go, you don't need to apologize to me about being right. Like it's not about being right for me. I just want things to be right. I want us all to be okay and be right. But what I do feel, and I'm not expecting it, nor do I even really care to have it actually, to be honest, Lance, from a lot of people that that transitioned out of my life, is an apology for how they treated me. It wasn't even that you were right, Jamie. It's it's how you treated me. Like the things that were said to me. Like I just think to myself, and, the, and people go, well, they were never really your friends anyway. I'm like, that one I have a hard time with. I had a best friend of 14 years and we shared yeah. all our secrets and we were together so often. We traveled together. Our kids grew up together. Like we were always together. We were sister wives. And for her to tell me our relationship is done because I'm not getting the jab. Shame like, on her. Like, Well, you know, and, and again, the, the shame thing, I go, she's doing the best she can. Yeah, I was always best. talking you're to right. myself going, remind yourself right. of this, but your best fucking sucks because you're, you're, you're going to let go of someone that you absolutely love Yeah. because of this decision that I don't want to, I'm healthy. I don't want to take this shot. I don't need it. I'm not afraid of COVID. What is COVID? <laughs> it's, it's, anyway, yeah. so, you know, I don't really care to have have an apology from these people because I also I also know that what they're going to be going through what they're already going through is you know it's enough yeah. and now I now what I did do though Lance and I think is really important people talk about forgiveness and how important that is and forgiveness starts with yourself yeah oh, yeah for me that's how I feel I feel that and I'm no expert in this, but I do feel it's really important to forgive yourself first. And for me, it was forgiving myself for for trusting, because I'm a very trusting person, for trusting that these people have my back, that they love me the way I need to be loved, that they're going to be there for me unconditionally. So the forgiveness started within within my own self of like that they can they couldn't be that for me. So don't shame yourself for believing or trusting in these people, right? You know, and then yeah. send them love. That's not easy. The shit that was said to me was ugly, mean, rude, disrespectful, whatever. Like, but I go, you know, to me, that was all contributing to that lower vibrational shit yeah. that was going around. Fear, right? Yeah. I was never in fear. The beginning I was, and then I was like, oh, right? Like we just got we had to get out of fear because we know that naturally 
that is not what God put us here to be in. Mm-hmm. Fear? No, that's what the dark satanic agenda always wanted us to be in. So we're not supposed to be in fear. We're not supposed to fear nothing, mm-hmm. including death. So I think that bothers people, Lance. I think it really bothers people that I wasn't giving into the fear of it. And I wasn't giving into, because that's really what this was all based around, just creating more fear, more fear through their all their narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you said, it got weirder and weirder and weirder. And now we sit here and we look and we're like, can we get off this planet? Like, can someone come and take me and get yeah. here? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. So what's, what do you, what do you say to people when they say like, what do we do? So is that kind of like your advice, like kind of work on yourself or like, let's say somebody comes to you and they're like, mm-hmm. I feel lost. I'm stuck. Like, yeah. I don't know what to believe. What should I do? Go within because we all have that gift. Like I said, from God, we were given this incredible body. And yes, we, we know like our pineal glands have been crystallized from all the poisoning that we've been getting our whole life. And, but we can still work on that. And when you go within and start listening to that to yourself, like listen to that inner voice, listen, listen to, well, we all have gut feelings, but how many times have we ignored them to find out later down the road? Oh shit. My gut was right. Right. Yeah. And they always go with a mother's, a mother's intuition. No, we all have intuition. We, we all, all do. Yes. Well, how do you, how do you, so find, divine. how do you fine tune that? Like, let's say somebody's like, yeah, I think I might have it. But like, how, exactly. how do you, cause my intuition has been the thing that's guided me my whole life. Like I've, it's, it's so loud now and it's mm-hmm. like clear and I'm so blessed because of that, because I don't know how else people navigate. But like for me, right? For me, it's you know I've started doing breath work. Yeah. Every day. Are you doing breath work with uh, through Mandy Trap? No, no, I'm doing it through um, Lucas Mack and Hella Weston. It's through Awaken. Awaken with a big capital O. Awaken. It's nine months. Share that with me, please. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be, there's a daily practice, but I'm doing their nine month facilitator training. Cause Amazing. that, that has given me so much insight. Like my entire book came from a breathwork ceremony, like so much, so much insight has come. So the reason I bring that up is because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people ask, like, how do you do that? And I want to ask you the same thing, but I'll just say like, for me, what's happened is that intuition is all about, like you said, going within. So you need to do things that allow you to disconnect from the illusion. So that is like meditation, breath work, art, creating, drawing, singing, right? Whatever the hell you do, cooking, like that is like what separates you from uh, Mm -hmm. the, that stuff and allows like, I believe that like God and intuition comes out through your creations. Like that's like the expression. Uh Right. That's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's like the, the real life, uh, form. And I think being able to figure out how to quiet down and really tap into that so through meditation. Yeah. It's, but that's the thing is it's, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Yoga, same thing. Like the, yeah. you know, you're either ma- there's masculine and feminine in all of us. And if you, 
you you're able to go in and do the feminine the, the i don't even like the word feminine yeah. people get thrown off but it's, but it's not like, it doesn't make you has, a girl no exactly it's not that we all have yeah. the, the yin and the yang yeah but that's like the part that for me being like the rigid athlete my whole life that really helped which is me. masculine yeah, yeah which really helped me like balance it out because now i'm, I'm more i'm able to feel and have empathy for people yeah. like it's a lot better but like that that came from the journaling the meditation the breath like yeah. that that was like oh me, you're, you're, you're making me remember things now that's extension. Yes, yes, yes. So one of my hypnotherapists, she pointed out to me because uh, as much as I was very spiritual and I was working on all these other things, she pointed out to me as an athlete, you've spent most of your life being in the, in the masculine yeah. energy. And I was like, cause she asked me, so what's masculine and what's feminine for you? And of course, naturally we all go, well, pink is for girls and blue is for boys. Right. But it's more than that. Like that's, those are just colors and so forget it. Yeah. It was more. And, and so she opened my eyes to, for example, how, um, and I, and it was funny because through the beginning of my uh, sessions with uh, the spiritual coach, I naturally started buying flowers for myself because they made me happy. I love flowers. Like we all love flowers, but I felt like an, I needed them around me. Mm-hmm. So I would go and go to, you know, Costco or whatever and get some, a beautiful bouquet and they'd last a couple weeks. And I would do that once a month. And then I actually went and ordered from a, a, a flower shop here. I know in, in Edmonton, uh, I said, I need delivery once a month. And I did that for about eight months. And she's like, see, that's feminine energy. Right. And then even having a bath versus a shower, like the shower is the masculine, the bath is the feminine. And I, I mean, I'm sure that people listening would argue things, but this is what she was presenting to me because I've always showered, you know, and I, I, cause I get hot in a bath. And so it was really important for me. She said to dive more into the feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And here I am a female going, well, what are you talking about? I am, fe- you know, I am feminine. And, but it was like, no, I was spending a lot of my energy or time in masculine, masculine energy. So that was opening eye opening to me as well. Because we do need that balance, but but the breath work, this is amazing. And breath work's been around forever. Yeah, like breathing deeper, right? As an athlete, this is what we had to do to calm our nervous system. Like, yeah. you know, because you're so nervous, you're shaking before you compete. You you, you got to. I always said I had butterflies in my tummy. I had to get them flying information because if they were flying all over the place, then I was like a shit show, right? So breath work. You know, yeah. we just have a name for it now, but I was go, go do your, go do your slow breathing was what we said. Is that what you used back then? God, I See wish I, I mean? had the tools that I had in junior hockey. Right? I had the stuff I know now. Yes. <laughs> I would be like, it, I'm making it be. to the NHL. Yeah. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I even did Tai Chi because Tai Chi, even through that slow ener- energy, you know, you're moving energy with that movement. And it was all about the breath, like the breathing while you're moving. Yeah. Hello. So, you know, and here we are now and it's, it's been now we're calling it breath work. And like you said, yoga and meditation. And so meditation is not easy, but what I want to say to your, your listeners is that it's a, it's practice. It's like anything else. And it first don't start with, I got to do a 30 minute meditation or even a 15 minute meditation, start with two, three minutes. Yeah. And maybe it's, there's different ways to do it as an athlete too. Sometimes it was listening to something like close your eyes and listen to the clock ticking in your, in your room 
or listen to the birds chirping outside or like whatever, listen to listen. Okay. The other thing is to stare at something and just keep focusing on that color or that picture, you know, and I don't know. So, and then the other is textile, right? So you can be holding something and really as you're like, even just touching your legs, you know, your bare legs, just keep, keep thinking about what that feels like when you're doing it. So the, all that stuff really, really works. And I did it as an athlete. So I brought it back and I found programs and, and, uh, book like, um, Joe Dispenza books. I've been to two of his events. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> like we, we need to go to one soon again to my girlfriend who was part of waking me up. She's like, let's go. And so anyway, we, Joe Dispenza is amazing. We all love him obviously. And, uh, so yeah, I love that this is all being brought front and center now and, and the importance of that, because what it does do is it connects us back to source, right? Yeah. And we've been given these gifts. We all have the gift of listening to intuition. We all have the gift of no that knowingness of what is right and what is wrong. And, and yeah, we all do. But again, don't be hard on yourself, but give yourself time to practice it. Start with three minutes, start, then go to five, then go to eight, like just a slow, you know, growth or an increase of time. And um, that's really, it takes a lot to shut the brain off. I mean, we're so caught up in the matrix. It, it's crazy. Like I, I wasn't great at it when I started and even still I get distracted. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, but again, they, even if you listen to someone take you through a meditation, they always remind you, don't be hard on yourself. You know, if you get distracted, your brain goes somewhere else, just bring yourself back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking about groceries and what I got to buy. And, and then I got to pick up so-and-so at this time, right? Like your brain wants to go to what's coming, Yeah. but be, be as present as you can be in the moment and allow yourself to detach, allow yourself to sit and be calm and focus on your breath. Like you said, Lance, the best gift you could give yourself. It is the best. Mm. Man, I so many incredible gifts, but so many incredible things happen physiologically as well when we do this work. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, healing, uh, like you said, ascending. Like, do you feel ascension symptoms too? Like, are you going through all that stuff? Oh, well? yeah, it's hard. I don't, I'm, it's hard to know sometimes. I, I know. <laughs> I think, yeah, my life has changed so much and it's just, I don't know. Like, it's hard to know. I, I, I don't know what, like, what, what have you felt or what, like, I don't even know sometimes. Um, almost like, uh, like almost like, a a lightness. I was just going to say that. Like, you yeah. feel like you're some days I feel like I'm floating. Like it's I feel like I'm effortless. It's just, yes. Yes. Almost like a tingling, even within my body, like this lightness. Yeah. You know, and some days I feel crappy too, because they say that we even have these, these upgrades, like the Schumann resonance and all this, like we have all these upgrades hitting us and, and it's amazing, but people are all going to react at different times and they're going to have different, different reactions. Some people get migraines. Some people are feeling incredible. Some people are exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Cause I feel all of the things and sometimes I don't know if it's just me or if it's that, or if it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no. tough. well, it's do you know what's know. funny is that we, we, you start having some kind of symptom in your body and you're, and then you're like, 
because you go back to the whole medical stuff and what you've been told as an athlete, well, it's just this, or it's just that. And then I go, no, 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 there's more to this. There's so much more to this because every healer I worked with said trauma and, and uh, emotions reside in our body. Yeah. Right. And anyone that's awake to all that too, you know, this, you know, that like even, and this is crazy. Like before, uh, through all my healing, I was struggling with, um, and this was really funny. I was struggling with pain at the the top of my back, like not in my, not so much my neck, but sort of where my, my scapula is. And, you know, some spiritual people are like, well, it's because you're growing your wings. Right. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> I'm like, am I going to fly? This is amazing. But, you know, figuratively, right? Or like, imagine this, like you're just growing your wings. You're... But what I did do, and I forgot to tell you this, was speaking truth. I was on Synthroid because I had an underactive thyroid. Well, after I started speaking out, I'm like, I'm going to test this. I'm going to go off my Synthroid. It's been a year and four, five months now. Good for you. So I healed my thyroid. That's my story. Wow. I don't recommend everybody just going off their Synthroid if you're on it. But that's my story. And now, obviously, I, I supplement with natural things. But speaking your truth is so powerful. Like how healing that was in itself. Yeah. And I was never a person that I never, ever, like, I didn't, I hate lies. I hate lies. Like, I've been lied to a lot in my life. And I just, I, I've never wanted to be a person that lied or I can't be around people that lie. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. You know, when we were kids, we lied. To, we tried lying to our parents a couple of times and then, you know, that was it, right? But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I just so, but when I say speaking truth was I, I now, what I did is I also learned to develop healthy boundaries. So for example, with family members that were feeling what they were feeling about me or thinking about me, I go, I can't be around you. And yeah. it's not because you got vaccinated. It had nothing to do with that. It was because of their belief system and how they felt about me and what I was awakening to. So the healthy boundary was, because I always saw that as, oh, you're being conditional. No, what I'm doing now is I'm putting myself, I'm putting protection around myself because I'm healing. I'm working on myself. This is self-love and personal growth and evolving and ascending. And I, it's very important that I'm getting the support that I'm getting over here, but I can't have these people who are of a lower vibration just based on what, how they're behaving and reacting come into my bubble. Mm. There's no more of this. And so I had to learn that as well, because again, I, I saw that as being conditional with people. No, it's, it's creating healthy boundaries. So that was really important as well for me. Um, and it felt really freaking good, really good to do that. And it was out of love. It wasn't hate. It wasn't resentment. It was, this is what I need. And it pissed a lot of people off to the point where they're like, fine, you know, then I'm, you know, I'm done with you kind of thing, like a family member of mine. And I went, well, that's, that's the you problem, not a me problem. I'm taking care of myself right now. And if you can't respect that, that's your trauma. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We could talk about this kind of stuff, I, like for hours. I, um, it's funny. I didn't know how spiritual you were, which is so cool because it, it, it it just makes your story that much better because you're actually, you know, you're, you have such a good energy and you're like a real leader. Like the traits that you're saying is like real leadership, like not judging people and, you right. know, not yeah. living in fear. And I think, I think that's important that people hear that side of your story because, 
you know, they, they see this like person speaking out, but like you actually, you, you actually have, are coming from a really good place. And that's why I think podcasts are so important because you can actually hear the human and be like, Oh wow. Like even just talking mm-hmm. to you, I'm like, Oh, that makes, it, it, it makes me happy to see that you have those, those tools that you're using because if you didn't, it would be very mm-hmm. challenging because you could get stuck in that, yeah. that spot that people do and not have anything to get out of. And it's great that you're, you're able to, you know, realize that because I've yeah. seen people in this, this journey who have, who have gotten stuck in that narrative and that they don't know how to focus and like actually realize what do we do? How do we, how do we move through this? Like, what are the tools? What are the, you know, how can I connect to myself better? And how can I, how can I accept people better? How can I be less judgmental to people? Yeah. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I think the first thing is allow yourself to not be fearful of anything, like get out of fear. And I know that's easy for me to say, but that was the first thing that I needed to. And even with regards to my son taking the job, like I, I go, you're not helping him. You know, and yeah, he didn't want anything to do with me for a year, but in order for me to heal that, I also had to let go of the fear of him that he took it. And that was not easy for me, right? But then, so the next thing is, is focusing on gratitude, even through this shit show or shenanigans that we're watching. Like I, like, cause it's constant. And like, even I, I find myself, it's not that I'm, I see, I'm seeing lack cause I am focused on, we are, we are our own, like we manifest, we are great manifestors and we don't even know how powerful we are. And so I know I used to see myself on the podium. I I would literally open my eyes from meditating and seeing it, visualizing it. And I had tears coming down my face because I could, I could put myself in that moment. When you won the gold medal, like you visualize that. All of it. Amazing. I saw the flag coming down. I saw standing on the top. I saw myself singing Oh Canada. I saw myself crying. I I could hear and see the audience reacting. I could smell the popcorn in the arena, like all of it. Yes. Five sensorizing your dream. So I did that as an athlete. Wow. Right. So that's what I tell people now is you guys like, yes, this is all going on. They're threatening 15 minute cities They're threatening digital ID. They're threatening all this other terrible stuff, but they don't get to decide our reality. I don't, that's not my reality. I'm not moving into that. And people go, yeah, but Jamie, this is where we live. And this is what's happening. I go, mm-mm, it's not going to happen. And if we all woke up to that and started collectively visualizing, and not everyone's going to see the same things, but what would you love? What would you love moving forward? Because I can tell you right now, there might be 1% or 3% that would love a 15-minute city situation, but the rest of us wouldn't when they when you understand what's really what it really means, right? Mm. So visualize, start seeing what you want for this earth, for your community, for your family. Visualizing is so powerful. Putting yourself in in what you want in the future is like, it's literally, oh man. I've, like, again, we could talk about this stuff for a long time, but I am living proof of this. Yes, I had talent. I didn't have the financial means. I mean, we had to find a way. Uh, my parents were divorced. So I didn't have that support that I, you know, within my family unit that most of my colleagues did or my peers did in skating. 
but I found a way because I had a will, right? And I really wanted to make it. But what I was really good at and just intuitively was visualizing. So I used it. Well, shit, I didn't, I mean, there were days where there were three years where I should have quit because everyone gave up on me. Everyone, like, I'm sure even my mom did to a point, but she was always positive with me. Really? Because it was costing all this money and I wasn't I wasn't going anywhere. After my first Olympics, there was three years where I didn't do anything. I had to go back to singles and I couldn't find a partner and everything. So but there was this burning gut feeling that I had of you can't quit. Can't quit. And so I listened to it and I just kept going. And some days my, you know, getting out of bed was a win, right? So focusing on gratitude and what's the win today? What are you grateful for today? What what did you do that was good? Right. But we, we've been programmed and conditioned to think that, you know, everything around us is lack and we need more. And so that's what I, I intuitively did as an athlete. So that's why I say I think I, that time totally prepared me for this. So I was in the beginning of this whole COVID thing. I was doing talks to groups and telling them, you know, there's a gift in this. And people would be sitting there like staring at the screen going, really? Like, really, Jamie? I'm going, you got, you've got to start thinking about it. Even just write it down. Because I used to write my goals down all the time and people would laugh at me. Oh, yeah, okay, you're going to the Olympics, right? Because growing up in Red Deer and yeah. But I was just this little sassy kid that was like, I'm going to the Olympics and I'm going to win. And then you did. (laughs) Well, because, okay, you got other other things come into play here. You've got speaking, which we know is a spell now. (laughs) Another conversation. But, but my intention was to be positive, right? So you speak something positively, you speak what you want, right? Then there's, then there's the writing it down, which is also power. I am, right? I am is a power statement. Mm -hmm. So it was, and you write it as if you're already gonna be that you don't write it like I, I hope to be one day or I, you know, I, whatever, I always wrote it like I am going to be a champion. So that's how I talked when I was 10 years old. And then the other part of it is the visualizing. So, and people go, that's a lot of work. Well, it's not, it's really not. It doesn't like, I didn't spend all day doing all three of those things. It's visualizing can take two minutes, you know, just seeing yourself like being in the career that you want to be in, having the career you want or doing what you want to do. Um, how do you, I just want to pause before we go into yeah. that. How do you turn off the doubt though, when you're, you know, when you're visualizing and you're like, you know, you're like, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Come on. But you're like, yeah, I can. It's like, how do you turn off the, the, the noise? I always say that the, the, when the inner cheerleader becomes louder than the inner critic, like yeah. how do you how do you yeah. silence that so that it's a good question because people are sitting there visualizing i think this is so important you know you yeah. want a gold medal for fuck's sakes this is like so big <laughs> and like i want to hone in on this because you have done it is like that the the visualization is like quieting that down like how did you do that so that you actually felt the tears yeah oh it was powerful it was really powerful there's always going to be, I called it like the devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel sitting on the other shoulder. There's always going to be that, or the yin and the yang, whatever you want to call it. There's always that duality going on in our heads. Right. Yeah. And so what I was training myself to do as an athlete was literally telling it to shut up because you're lying. So if I called it the devil, I'm like, you're, you're lying. This is not true. That's what I said. That's what I would say out loud even. And sometimes when I was struggling with jumps, 
for example, part of my practice was when I'm skating around going into the jump and I would have that thought come in, you're going to miss it. You're going to fall. You're going to this. You're gonna, and I would have to say, stop, stop, stop out loud. And, you know, everyone on the ice knew what I was doing. Obviously, it wasn't like, um, oh, she's weird. This is bizarre. It was, this is what I have to do to, to shut, to make this quieter because you're, you can't, it's almost impossible to never hear it but you got to quiet it down and you got to talk to it. You're lying. I always tell everybody, if you have thoughts that aren't making you feel good, it's a lie. It, it, my kids tell me this all the time, mom, I'm, I'm feeling like this. And I'm like, well, is that true? And they're like, no. And I go, right. It's not true. It's a lie. So am I going to fall? I'm skating into my jump. Am I going to fall? I don't know, but it's a lie to you at that moment because it's trying to tell you that you're going to, well, you're not in control of me. Right. So you just learn to talk to it and you say, and you can say it out loud or you can just go stop in your mind. Stop. That's a lie. That's not true. That's what I did. It's all I did. And even still today, you know, there's lots of thoughts that will come through my head still now, but when you get good at that, it does get way quieter. But again, practice gratitude. Yeah, because some people see their current situation, especially as like an entrepreneur, they see their current situation as defining them and they can't think past that to be in that like abundant state because they're defined by what they have now sometimes, right? Yeah, 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 totally. Well, and people are genuinely focused on lack. Yeah. And they don't even realize it. It's... uh it's like, an, it's become like inherent almost people like, you know, you think about even how people have been raised, um, just generations of this and it's just, yeah. Programming, whatever you want to call it. We need to get rid of TVs yeah. and people are like, no, you need to watch movies, but it's all of it. Movies, oh, junk. all of it. It's all programmed us. We got to We got to get, we got to disconnect to the internet and connect to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to go back. Yeah, and I and and I know that's wild to say that in a time of you know everything is you know we have computers and, and we've gone so far into this whole matrix. It's hard to detach yourself or get out of it. Like I mean, you know, my friends and I, my my community now, my tribe, as I say, we all talk about how we all allowed our kids to develop these really unhealthy habits now through this pandemic you know, being on their iPads too much and sitting in front of the TV too much and eating the wrong things. Like we all did it. And now we're trying to kind of break it all down and, and, yeah. and rewire ourselves. It's not easy, but you know, it's, we, we have to do that. I mean, I'm even already starting to think about getting out of the city a little bit more and, you know, getting into growing gardens. Like we all are supposed to be, we're supposed to be doing that and connecting, connecting with each other. Fuck, think about how we've all been living. It's a it's a freaking rat race. Yeah. Like nobody had that was I remember saying the last like three to five years of before all this. Why does nobody have time for each other anymore? Everyone is like their kids are in three activities a day and and you're running from work to home and nobody and we're all getting takeout all the time and it's just like boom, 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 boom. Like we're, our heads are spinning. And what we lost was that divine connection of community and self and just even being calm and quiet. Mm. Like that is one thing when I healed was I, I really noticed the old community that I was a part of how much like I love them, but how 
how hectic it was and unhealthy, Yeah, including me, including me. I mean, I was all about my, I got judged for being over scheduling my kids, but I was Yeah, because it was all about being busy, you know, but nobody has time for anybody anymore. It's like, you, I remember feeling lucky when we had like a get together, like, Oh, wow. It's, it's exciting Thursday night. You know, my friends have time for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. It's well, I mean, I think these are the steps to, to, you know, I think it's just being aware of it and now just doing what yeah. we can, the small changes and disconnecting small. where we can. And yeah, you know, yeah. And you know, you're, you're doing it, you're making waves and you know, it's, uh, it's really great. And I, Thank I really, you. I really appreciate you coming on and I know that I don't, I want to respect your time because we're almost at oh, nine. <laughs> you know what? I know we, we, uh, I really enjoyed this talk. This was really authentic. Um, very raw. I feel like we're just two people sitting in our living room having a good talk. And Absolutely. this is what a lot of, I say my tribe, this is what we all love right now. We love yeah. just talking like this because we're not being called crazy or, all these names and we can just speak very openly. And, and again, there's no judgment on where you're at with your, with your awakening too, right? Everyone's at a different place and um, depends what rabbit hole you're down and that can be dangerous in itself. But that's where I say to everybody, even lately, like I just go, I don't want, I've followed a lot of things and I, I have my beliefs around what's going on and what's coming, but I also know the importance of really, like I said, going within. Yeah. And so for me, for me, that means continue prayer and, and trusting that God wins. God wins in this and uh, truth wins, love wins. Mm. And, and really love is, is when we hear 5D, we're moving into 5D. That's Christ consciousness, right? Love. It's beautiful. We're moving into a time of it's, I just, I look forward, I look forward to not only when we eventually all experience that kind of way of living, but I, I'm also going to enjoy the process of getting there because mm. that that's where the gifts are too, right? Was when you see things happening and you yeah. get to be a part of creating this new earth. Like I am, I'm, I'm going to get emotional about it because what a time to be alive, Lance. Yeah. You know, it's been hell for many of us, many of us like around the world, but it is also, it's also an incredible time to be alive to witness this. So I'm grateful. Mm. And with that, we can end. <laughs> where can, where can everybody, <laughs> this is so good. Where we'll have to do it in person sometimes. Where, yeah. where can everybody find more about you and the events with you and Theo? Like, yeah, thank you for uh, asking or your community or whatever. So, um, you can follow us at just Canadians That's our website. Uh, we're on all social media pages. Canadians for truth is on Instagram, Facebook, um, every, all the um, handles are a little different, but and Twitter. Personally, for me, I'm mostly on Instagram. I do the odd Facebook thing, but I don't. I'm kind of done with social media. Like I, I like Instagram just because for there for me there I feel like I'm. I transitioned from truth only exposing truth to even being more spiritual, supporting people that way too. I got hacked on Twitter, so I'm not there anymore. But um, yeah. So canadiansfortruth.ca or my Instagram, my personal Instagram page, 
pretty much it. How, what's your Instagram page again? What's the, well, just... my personal one is Jamie Soleil life right. coach. Right. That's right. We'll have yeah. that in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Lance. And yeah, this was, it was such a pleasure. And I, I just, uh, it's, it's always great to connect and share the insight that we've all gone, like insight that we have, or just our experiences and to be able to do that with the truth community, as I say, I call us truth seekers is really important. Mm. And it's healing in itself. Oh. So thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thanks for having me on. Thank you. This is every conversation like is this healing journey for me, you know, and, and I love, you know, sharing this and I'm glad people got to know this side of you that maybe they don't know or didn't know. You know. Yeah. And, you know, it's really cool. Cause I'm glad that we also touched on, you know, winning a gold medal and what it takes and that kind of stuff is just so important. I, I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. um just hearing all of that was really really powerful so thank you for sharing thank you <laughs> thank you for the opportunity thanks everybody <laughs>